ladies and gentlemen, today's opponents on Man vs. Train. At the crossing, we have Rick, a 175-pound frustrated man who's running late for work. And on the tracks, we have Bull, a million-pound freight train that takes a mile to stop. Let's see who comes out on top. You can't beat a train, so don't try. Stop. Trains can't. Paid for by NHTSA. You want cash. You want to get stuff done. So what do you do? You buy 5-Hour Energy, of course. You upload the receipt to 5hewin.com, then find out if you've instantly won $10, $100, or even $1,000. Then you drink that 5-Hour Energy and cut through your to-do list like a hot knife through butter. 5-Hour Energy, the official sponsor of getting stuff done. No purchase necessary. Must be 18 and a legal resident of the U.S. Ends June 30th, 2021. For rules, visit 5hewin.com rules. Void where prohibited. Message and data rates may apply. On this episode of DC on Screen, Brent of Fans Without Borders and Marvel Squadcast joins Dave for a good old-fashioned bitch fest. We quite enjoyed Batwoman Season 1, but does it even matter now that Ruby Rose and Kate Kane have exited the series? Does anything even matter? Or, Ollie, who are the Spectre? Why hast thou abandoned us? But first, a word from this mystery sponsor. Your home is more connected than ever. So when one kid is schooling the competition... The other is getting schooled. The mitochondria is the powerhouse of the cell. And you're streaming a webinar for work and the latest episode of your favorite show at the same time. Shh. Your Wi-Fi needs to be able to handle it. That's why Xfinity never stops working to bring you faster, more reliable Wi-Fi. So you can do it all, all at the same time. Xfinity, the future of awesome. Learn more at Xfinity.com. Welcome into DC On Screen episode 599. This is the podcast where we talk about the DC Comics multiverse on film and television, give honest opinions on projects upcoming and past, and believe that every version of a property is valid, even if we really don't want it to be. If it's been released, it is fair game, so so beware of spoilers and welcome to the show. I'm David C. Robertson, this, a sage in these times of panel-to-program permutations, Brent, of Fans Without Borders and Marvel Squadcast. Tell me you had that written down first. There's no way you just came up with that off the cuff. <laughs> I came up with it off the cuff and then wrote it down. Like, as I was walking into the office to, like, get ready to be like, hey, man, I'm ready. I was just like, in my head, I heard panel to program permutations. I was like, ooh. And I hurry up and, like, <laughs> just, like, typed it out. <laughs> I'm not even sure I could say it. So well done. Well there, done. <laughs> there was like no way I was going to remember that. My memory is shit. Um, but yeah, thanks, man. Thanks for joining me on this on this episode. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It was uh, timing just worked out really well for me. So when you asked and I uh, confirmed that, you know, we didn't have anything going on tonight, which I mean, who does with coronavirus, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or... It's not like we were going to be going anywhere. Really, the question was, <laughs> is my wife going to bed early or not? <laughs> and she was. So I'm like, all right, I'm down. Right. Hey. Yeah. I, I didn't. When I woke up today, I did not realize that was going to be a thing. And then as the day wore on and I wound up in the in a conversation with Jason about he, he was like oh I haven't watched Batwoman I'm like okay slacker slacker Jason you know he was like do you do you have someone you can call in and I was like well Brent would be my first choice so I'll I'll call him happy to uh be the backup for Jason I will take that 
you're 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 uh, ensconced in the CW as well. So I I'm familiar with it. We we I mean I just told you before we started I'm watching Riverdale on Netflix right now. It's like I I'll watch the CW. <laughs> what are you gonna do? You know. <laughs> I, I mean just... I know it's not a good show, but I'm still watching it. <laughs> but we're supposed to be talking about Batwoman season one with an emphasis probably on the season finale. <laughs> Um, oh, oh, yeah, yeah. Well, well, that's a thing, right? I mean, it, it is. Was out, it was good. We watched it, and then they threw it in the trash. Oh, sorry. Did I just say too much? That's okay. I, you know, when I first when I first realized that Jason wasn't going to be on the show, I was like, oh, I get to talk to Brent about about the uh, the unfortunate situations with uh, with Ruby Rose. <laughs> Because <laughs> I don't, I was like, there's no way we're going to be able to talk about this first season without feeling like all of this is going away. Here's the thing. Uh, I like this season. I did too. I thought it was a good season. Now, there were a couple episodes that weren't very good. But on the whole, more often than not, I would hit, you know, hit stop on the file at the end. I'm done watching it. And I'm like, yeah, that was pretty good. And it really does kind of... It really does feel like they're just throwing it all away. And it's like, it's not that... I mean, I could go back and rewatch it and enjoy it. But it's like they're planting seeds and they're building relationships. And who cares? Because they're, it, it wasn't designed as a miniseries. It wasn't designed as a one-off. So it has no ending, effectively. Just yeah. Ruby Rose is gone. But I tell you, I really did enjoy this first season. And I mean, there's a lot in it that I think was really well done. We don't have any indication that Ruby Rose won't come back in like a guest star capacity to wrap up a storyline. We don't. So I guess we should say it is possible that she would come back in like the first one or two episodes. Maybe they'd pull a Titans and they'd use it to wrap up the previous storyline real fast. Because to be fair, they did have an episode or two cut off due to the coronavirus stuff. And -hmm. maybe they'd bring her back in just to wrap that up real fast. But honestly, if you're the CW and this all comes out and apparently she was super hard to work with because she didn't want to be there and she wasn't happy, would you even want to bother? Well, uh, hmm. Well, they are they are now apparently hell bent on doing a thing that I wouldn't do. So it's hard for me to say I wouldn't do this because they're obviously just not doing the thing that I think they should. Um, they've come out and said officially, we haven't talked about it on DC on screen except, well, I guess we did in the Supergirl review, which will air like a day before this, but, uh, we did briefly touch on, on what, on Jason's thoughts about that, but, uh, and he doesn't like it either. They've come out and said that they're going to create a new character that won't be Kate Kane and she'll be the next Batwoman. This, I, I assume they haven't said it officially the name, but the casting sheets say, uh, Ryan Wilder, um, and describe a pretty vastly different type of character. They've, I mean, they basically described a character that like some high school kid would come up with in their creative writing class. That's right. Or me, you know, Oh, I sure. But it's like, <laughs> I need to write. I, I've got five minutes to turn this in. Oh, I'm just going to do this. It's dark and edgy and it'll be perfect. Right. And, Oh, but there's a moral fiber to him. And uh, maybe it will pull off. Maybe a year from now, I'm going to say, they really did a great job. They were in a crappy situation and they pulled it off. Yeah. I mean, I tell you, on the last episode of Fans Without Borders, I said, this really feels like it might be the worst mistake that the Arrowverse has ever made. Yeah. I I heard you say that on that episode I was listening today and I was like, he's absolutely right. <laughs> this is terrible. Um, I, 
man, I I have so rarely been on on the side of doing a recast. Like I hate recasts. You know, in general, I agree with you. I I mean, I love continuity. I love like that. I mean, I'm an MCU fan. I'm a Arrowverse DCCW fan. Continuity is important to me. Mm-hmm. But I also understand that real life gets in the way. And you know, the fact that Sarah Lance was not the first Sarah Lance doesn't make me dislike her character any doesn't bother me that they had to recast it. You know, the fact that Erica Durance is now playing Supergirl's mom and like, even though she wasn't originally fine, doesn't Mm -hmm. bother me at all. It sometimes things happen, you know, and in the MCU, Mark Ruffalo wasn't the first Hulk, right? They didn't worry about some big figure out some sort of cosmic explanation. They just said, Hey, he's Hulk. Don Cheadle literally says, his opening line, hey, it's me, I'm here, deal with it. Mm-hmm. They just, And that's it. Like That's the only reference at all. Why couldn't they just do that with this? Because now there's all these characters that we just spent 20 episodes or whatever it is, and who cares, right? Like uh, Megan Tandy's character, Sophie, right? Mm-hmm. I really like her character. But she's there because of who she is in relation to Kate, yeah. not Ryan Wilder. So what's the point? I've, you know, I have been stourly on board the notion of Wallace Day being just brought in and playing Kate Kane. She looks enough like Ruby Rose, and I love Wallace Day. (laughs) She was fantastic on Krypton. (laughs) I think I'd probably wind up liking her more than Ruby Rose, honestly. Um, Thing is, I don't even think they need to worry about it looking. Just bring some other actors in. They don't need to emulate Ruby Rose. They don't need to try and, you know, match the body type or whatever. I mean, get somebody who is fits in the bat suit. That's what they have to do. They need to look good in the bat suit and it's fine. Have everybody call her Kate a billion times in the first episode or two. Oh, Kate, your hair's different. They don't even need to say that kind of stuff. Like it would have been fine. And yes, I absolutely agree with you on that particular pick. I mean, there's so many people who they could just have bring in uh, Wallace Day is a great one. I'm now brain farting on the name of the woman from Brooklyn nine, nine who threw her hat in the ring for yeah. it. And it's like Stephanie Beatrice. Yeah. Yes. That's it. Thank you. It's like they had viable options. And the thing is recasting, I feel like is the easy and safe decision, mm-hmm. but that doesn't mean it's the wrong decision. And it's like, man, some people just want to make it hard because they feel like everything has to be a challenge. You've already got a challenge of building the chemistry with a new Kate Kane. Let's not at least throw all that away because now who cares what Mary thinks about Ryan Wilder? Who cares what Jacob thinks? You know, Jacob was just out to kill his daughter because he didn't know she was Batwoman. Well, that's gone now. Who cares? Well, you know, there is an opportunity here. If they decide or if they they work it the right way, which I don't know why I'm saying this because this is what I want if they're going to go this way. If they're going to have a new character instead of Kate, um, because I don't know why I'm saying it, because they never do what I want them to do. <laughs> My ideas are never what they wind up doing. But um, if the, there's an opportunity here for the Bat family, as we know it on the show, to lose Kate in some tragic way, you can call it fridging, but I don't think it is because this was a situation of the lead actress leaving. It, it's not fridging. It, it's not fridging. That would and be fridging. You 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 wind up having like oh these are the this is a very real repercussion of this kind of lifestyle and if all of them you know if 
if the Bat family bo- uh, grows closer together, which we've already gotten a little bit of hint that, you know, uh, the the sister and, and Luke are kind of feeling each other out, um, kind of digging on each other a bit. If we find a way to bring everybody together because of the loss of Kate, it could build a stronger supporting cast that would be perfect for pushing forward and like having them try to accept this new version of Batwoman. You know, you know what I mean? Like they could, they could spin it. It's going to be an uphill battle, but they could spin it. I hear you. And there is a possibility of an entertaining story there, depending on the execution of it. I hear you. It's not a bad idea, but we're also going to have to deal with, Mary and Luke arguing over whether or not Luke should help her as Batwoman because the last Batwoman died. That's right. Or because you're betraying Kate Kane. That's you're right. You're betraying her memory. Like, we're going to have to deal with that stuff. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I say they're going to die. We don't know that they're killing the Kate Kane character. And I've speculated that maybe they're doing this because part of them is hoping they can bring Ruby Rose back at some point in the future. But again, I, I just don't even know if I would bother because of the way she's leaving. And I, I know you're a proponent of this. I typically like the longer seasons and mm-hmm. I am willing to suffer through a couple, let's call them bad episodes or filler <laughs> episodes to get a solid 17 to 20 really good episodes that I enjoy. But now I'm like, well, maybe if the big problem was Ruby Rose, the time commitment to doing 22, 23 episodes and living in Vancouver, did anyone bring up the idea of, cause you got a billion of these shows anyway. Mm-hmm. Did anyone bring up the idea of let's do a 10 episode season? Let's do a 13. I mean, you already do a short season with legends. You do a short season with black lightning. Why can't they do a shorter season with Batwoman So they don't have to recast their star and put themselves in this predicament to begin with. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that's, I am a huge proponent of short episodes. I told, I told Jason a couple weeks ago, four to six episodes. <laughs> Make a movie quality four to six episodes and be out for the season. <laughs> That's probably like the exact opposite of what you want. <laughs> well, it's it, it depends on the context. Mm-hmm. That would be very interesting for some sort of DC show on DC Universe or HBO Max. But that's just not feasible on a network television like the CW yeah. because they have so they have so many hours that they have to fill every year. But it's like you you've got a Supergirl show, you've got you're now got a Superman and Lois show, mm-hmm. you've got Black Lightning and Legends, and okay, Arrow left, but if they can work it out, they're probably going to get Green Arrow and the Canaries. It's like you have plenty of these shows for a network that once said they don't want to just become a DC network. They yeah. could do some shorter seasons and tell a tighter story because I do like the longer seasons, but I'm pretty sure season eight of arrow was my favorite season. I think it was the best done. And if I'm, if I, if you put a gun to my head, I'm probably going to admit shorter seasons is probably the better decision for just pure quality. I'm just, I'm willing to take a little bit of a quality hit to still get like, maybe not a great season, but to get a really good season. If it's longer, like I'm willing to make that little bit of trade off. I think if they took the the money they're spending right now and invested the same amount into shorter episode or a shorter season, they would lose out in the short term. But I think like they would start to gain a reputation because CW unfortunately has a, and for some reason there is some reason to it, but they do have a really bad reputation as being cheap and looking bad and being corny. Um, there's something to it, but you know for those. For the for normies who can't get over that kind of stuff and just like embrace it, I I think the problem with that logic would be 
they would still be spending the same overall bottom line amount of money per season, mm-hmm. but they would now have 10 to 12 less episodes that they can sell commercials for. Oh, I agree. Yeah, and, and I, yeah, so, I was just talking to Jason about I mean, that on the you're show. You're right. Totally a short-term hit. I don't... I, I, that, to me, feels like a streaming move. Uh, HBO mm-hmm. Max, Disney Plus, they're going to spend the money up front to get the long-term and play the long game. I don't know that a regular network like the CW or even the bigger ones like ABC and NBC, I don't know if those can afford to play the long game in that way. Yeah. I don't know that they can afford it, <laughs> but there would be an eventual shift in, in, uh, I think there would be an eventual shift in perception of the CW shows that might actually help them. I just don't know if it would be, you know, viable for real. And they're just not going to, they're not going to make that risk. They're not going to take that risk until CW is just dismantled and turned into a streaming service. You know, I had, I had thought that Batwoman when they first announced it might be, a shorter season show. I like, I kind of thought that like that flash arrow, Supergirl crop would be the last of them, at least for the DC related shows of the full length, long seasons. Mm-hmm. And clearly that's not the case because then Batwoman got, well, what it was originally the back nine and became the back seven or whatever the math is. I, it's too late for math, but <laughs> like I had originally <laughs> thought that, that they were going to do that. You know, look at like Black Lightning. Like Black Lightning season two was really good, really well done. I liked yeah. it a lot, and it's short. It's not that long. It so they don't they didn't have time for the filler. Or you look at a show like Daredevil on Netflix, really uh-huh. good, and it's short. It's only thirteen episodes, and so it's like if they're going to give us quality that's going to last twenty plus episodes, and it's going to be like say the Flash this year. Well, okay, no, I don't want that. Cut out, cut the Flash in half this year. And it's a better season. Yeah. But if they're going to give us quality of what the bulk of Batwoman season one was, well, I like the bulk of this season. There was only a couple episodes that didn't work very well for me. I would absolutely want them to keep doing the longer episode count if they were able to maintain that quality. I mean, I could watch Alice chew scenery up every day. Like, that wasn't a problem at all for me. I mean, maybe this is a problem for the show because she was my favorite character. But whom and... In the before times, I was a week away from getting to meet her before a convention I was going to go to got canceled. Mm. But, I mean, like, she was fantastic. And, like, they took, like, Mary. And Mary was, like, a character I just wasn't that interested in at first. And then they made her this really interesting character. Because at first she comes off like this typical ditzy party girl. And then you find out she's running this clinic. And I'm like, okay, that's interesting. Mm -hmm. Like, this girl has some depth to her. And by the end of the season, yeah, she's on team Batwoman, whatever you call it on this show. She's definitely a part of their group, but she brings something valuable. She's not only just there for the medical stuff, but she's willing to go out in the field and help them out. And she actively does that. She, I mean, she helped save Batwoman. She helped save Kate towards the end of the season. One of the last episodes, it's like they made her this really cool character. And they did that with all of them. Like every single character, I think just got better and better as the season progressed. And that is one thing I'm worried about is we're now going to lose. But I mean, I don't think we're necessarily going to lose the character like Megan Tandy. I think she's still going to be on the show, but we're not going to have anywhere near the great dynamics that Sophie had built up with Batwoman and with Kate and, like, that's all gone. Well, and that's what makes me just really sad about it. And for the first time after a finale that I, after a cliffhanger that I was like fist pumping for, 
I'm like, when's it start? Fine, I'll put it on and watch it. Well, you know, I was, there's a part of me that's like, I'm okay because I had really, I liked Sophie's arc and I like how at the beginning of the season, she's like, I'm happily married to this dude. And then like, she has to come to terms with who she is and, uh, and with her past. And I liked all of that. And then she like moves forward and there's like a little bit of a, Hey, Kate, remember? Uh, and then it's, she winds up with Julia Pennyworth. And I found myself going, man, I'm going to be bummed out when she can't be with Julia because the show dictates that she has to be with Kate because that's the end game. I, you know, I think I would agree there, but even like Julia Pennyworth, like when I first found out, oh, Alfred's niece is coming on, right? It's like, oh, really? Her daughter. Alfred's niece or daughter. You're right. My mistake. It's I did like, the same thing the, earlier like, this week on Twitter. <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to blame Batman and Robin for that. Oh, that's but it's absolutely like, who I blame. <laughs> It's like, okay, I guess. I mean, it's like, ah, we're going to be bat character adjacent. Mm-hmm. But I understand. It's like, okay, just let them ease into the bigger bat characters. And so I, I'm with you. Like, I, I, I love the relationship that Sophie and Julia had. Like, the, it's really cool to see them working together. And, like, not just, like, they're, they're a couple. They're a romantic couple. So you get their personal life together. But you also get they can help each other professionally, like, in the field and stuff. I like that dynamic. Mm-hmm. It's a shame one of these two isn't going to be the new Batwoman. I would be way more on board for that to happen. But, oh, yeah. Ru- Kate Kane, she died. She's hurt, whatever. So Sophie's going to pick up the mantle. Julia's going to pick up the mantle. I would be way more on board with that. Yeah, I was totally on board. Uh, Julia pick, pick up the mantle. Like... <clears throat> If that was going to be a real thing. Um, man, I, I don't know. Like either one of them would be great. And I, I sincerely hope, even though it would be funny, like I hope we don't get like a Kate died and then like someone sees her at a cafe with Regan. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well, now I kind of want that to happen, but no, like I, I think it's done. Like they even said, like, you know, when they confirmed all this new character stuff, they're like, oh, it would have been easier to recast because we've already got the scripts and everything for it. But so it's like, no, because they wouldn't have planned on something like that. Right. I, I do. I really wonder what it would have been like for the last episode or two, because, you know, they had to rework what was going to be the finale. And I think I don't know if they just moved up what they were shooting because they saw the writing on the wall for not getting to finish the season, or if it was just a case of that episode really did end with the Tommy Elliott reveal of having Bruce Wayne's face. But it really does feel like they lucked out with what their finale ended up being and they pulled it off and it was such a good cliffhanger. And I tell you just like that aired on a Sunday night and that next Monday, the day after that, we had an episode of fan dropping and I wanted to drop it early so bad because I had said, basically, I believe that we are going to get Bruce Wayne in this universe sooner than later. It's going to happen. And I thought it was very possible that it was going to happen with the Superman and Lois slash Batwoman crossover that they've already announced. Mm -hmm. Oh, Superman is going to be working with Bruce Wayne's cousin. I really thought they might be hunting for Bruce Wayne. Where did he go? What happened to him? Like that is a story I could see them telling. And now it's like, Oh, Ryan Wilder. What do I care about Bruce Wayne? And so I, it's like, Oh, and then, they did it like they're like oh they've cast a bruce wayne because obviously the guy with bruce wayne's face is playing bruce wayne like they're they're doing it they're giving this to us and now i'm just like fine change the name of the show to batman i don't care just bring him in because who cares about van wilder i mean ryan wilder it just doesn't matter and it it just really did kill so much like i was so pumped after that finale and now i'm just like 
I've never been this down about the incoming season. Even The Flash, I thought the last season was awful, pretty much. Let's just call mm-hmm. it what it is. Yeah. But I'm like, but I have <laughs> hopes. I have hopes for next year. I know what the show can be. I have hopes for next year. So I'm still excited for it. But now I'm like, they ended this on so good. And then, ha, ah, nothing. What we don't know is nothing. We don't. But it feels that way right now. And I will be the first guy to say, I was wrong. I was overblown, whatever. And I know right now you've got people who think I'm crazy and I think I'm overreacting to it. I just, this universe feels very, very important to me. Oh, it has been. And so it's like, I hate to see them make a move that to me looks so obviously bad. It's like, you know, you got things like you've got missteps. Like most people are going to put arrow season four, the Damien dark era as a misstep. Right. But it's like, they were trying something. They tried something a little different to go a little bit outside the box. It didn't quite work as well, so they reined it back in and went more traditional street villains for the next season. I don't mind them trying something, even if it didn't quite work. But it's like, here, they're trying something that they don't have to try, and it's too early in the show for this kind of a mix-up, I think. Yeah. Yeah. It's, this feels janky. This feels weird. Either way you look at it, and I, I, I'm confused. I don't know how someone didn't pull Ruby Rose aside and be like, hey... So, here's the thing. <laughs> this is going to be I mean, be shouldn't a lot the showrunners have been stepping in? Shouldn't Berlanti himself have been there when the writing when they start seeing the writing on the wall of we think she's going to want out of her contract. And maybe, I mean, it sure sounds like the CW didn't exactly fight it and it's more like, "Oh, thank God you feel that way too. Get out of here." Yeah. But and that stinks and I mean, I do think she was the weakest season, the weakest lead for in their respective seasons one across the network. Mm-hmm. Like I would have been way more upset at Melissa Benoist leaving, or Stephen Amell leaving, or Grant Gustin leaving, right? Or Katie Lotz, like any of them. Like I'd have been way more upset. But it's like I really was okay with it because I still thought the time with the character still mattered. Yeah. I don't know. Tell me something positive about this year. This has been quite the bitch fest. Tell me something positive about this season. Um, I loved Alice so much and I was really bummed when they introduced the, the alternate universe version of her that, and I was like, Oh my God, she has so much range. She is just like selling me on both of these versions. And then they had to kill her. They had to kill her. I, I loved that they introduced her. Like they're like, I'm like, cause this is post crisis, right? And we know we, as the viewer know that the multiverse is still there. Mm hmm. But they don't know that. And they, I mean, they hammered that point home on the flash, especially with Cisco. Yeah. But they don't know that. And then this other Beth comes in and you're right. The range on it. That story was fantastic. And the episode, I forgive me. I don't remember the number, but we're basically, they're both dying because mm-hmm. the universe can't support them both. Ugh. That a great change to the rules for one thing of their multiverse, because it certainly hasn't been that way in the past. And then, I mean, Kate chose to let Alice die to save alternate Beth. Mm-hmm. Incredibly well done storytelling, incredibly compelling, super touching. If it didn't hit you in the feels even a little bit, I would say you don't have a heart. And I I mean, that's, uh, that was, oh my gosh, that was fantastic. And I see, I think that's the way, I think they should, they should have let Alice die and then just go ahead and let mouse be the the big villain of the of the rest of the season trying to avenge that death i i'm torn on that because i did i did come to the conclusion that when mouse was by himself 
I was far less interested in him. Oh, I was like, disinterested in him. God, the whole time. So, so then so why would far, you want him to so be the long. big bad just to watch <laughs> him get bitch smacked around by Batwoman? But it's like, I. I I think they could have done that. I could have seen that Mouse. He's now out for revenge, mm-hmm. and you're right. That could have been a good story. And the whole time, Beth and even Mouse is maybe going after Beth because he views her as taking away his Alice. Yeah, absolutely. That would have been such cool stuff. And it's like right up, right up the wheelhouse for what you get in the Arrowverse. Bring in the alternate version of the character and let him stick around for a couple years. That oh. That, I mean, that's a great idea. I've got to give that to you for sure. <laughs> Thanks, man. <laughs> yeah, I really, I really liked both versions of it. And I swear to God, man, if they wind up, this next season doesn't work, or for whatever reason they get rid of Alice because, as you put it, what's the point? Which, if, I, I do want to point out, can you just imagine Alice calling the new Batwoman Batfake? Like Joker does Terry in, in, in Return of the Joker? <laughs> I hope they do. I hope she does. Batwoman in name only or whatever. And I'm a little worried that I'm going to agree with her, but I hope that she does because it would be a good story moment, I guess. And the thing is, is like Alice, her entire motivation was basically revenge on her family Mm -hmm. for the perceived wrongs of her life. If you remove her family, does she even care about being a supervillain anymore? That's an interesting, that's an interesting concept, man. Like, that's a real. That's a really good place that could take it without a Kate Kane in the universe. For real. That's. I, I mean, maybe, but it's like she just. I like. I could see it, her just being like, you know, those times when Joker feels like like these alternate future stories where Joker feels like he's won and he's beaten the Batman and then he's just depressed and oh, life isn't fun anymore because I lost my plaything. And yeah. it's like I could feel like I could see them doing that with Alice, but I would worry that would mean she's leaving the show and I really don't want her to leave the show. I don't want her to leave the show either. Um oh god. I keep I'm having ideas now. Um now I just want her to like not accept the new Batwoman and to turn into Batwoman herself and start calling herself the or they start referring to her as the Batwoman who laughs. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> did you did you see anybody talk about how like in the comics Kate and Alice are identical twins? I, I'm just I, saying, just cast Rachel Scarston to play Batwoman. Right? She can do both roles, and they'll just oh. pretend they always were identical. I'd be like, you, right now, I would take it. Yeah, I would too, but. Oh, that's where I was going with that. Uh, <laughs> if they, if this doesn't turn out well and they wound up taking Batwoman out of the picture after next season, I mean, I feel like the world still wins because Rachel Scarston could just take that, that this, her scenes in that episode where she's playing both Beth and Alice dying and give it to any casting director and be like, good God, you are employed for the rest of your life. <laughs> She certainly should be. Certainly should be. So where do you think it goes, like, with this new character? Like, what happens with Tommy Elliott and this new Batwoman? Like, it's clear they were going to say, hey, you know, my name's Kate Kane, and this is my brother Bruce. He's back. He's fine. Can I get some pointers on what to do in the Batsuit down there? Because, you know, it's like, I could use some help with that. And Mm -hmm. then it's like, it's clear that she wasn't going to know it was Tommy for probably... Two, three, I could even see it going four or five episodes before she would have found that out. Uh, so, do you think they're just going to like throw away the hush storyline or uh, any ideas what they do with that? Um, if I were them, I might um, bring in Tommy pretending to be Bruce and 
say that he like maybe he even kills Kate. He lets her get too she lets him get too close because she doesn't know who he is, and and he kills her. Uh, and then gets down into the cave, and he's like, "I'm back, I'm back, Luke." Blah blah blah. And Kate didn't take it well that I'm taking back the mantle. You know, something like that. And then, like, the big turn that, like, oh, this isn't Bruce the whole time, like, five or six episodes in. Maybe something like that. So, if if they if they had that happen, if, if they kill her off screen, I think, and I, I honestly don't know where she'll be at with her maternity leave at this point, but I, I feel like the best result would be for Melissa Benoist's Supergirl to show up. Because they absolutely started a connection at Elseworlds and sure continued it on in later on in crisis and the connection that those two characters and actresses had together was wonderful and i would like to see supergirl's reaction to kate kane being gone and if she decided like if she started suspecting bruce right this is this this could be the this could be the crossover next year because Mm -hmm. they said other characters would be in it this i don't normally get this detailed but it's like if she started suspecting it to be bruce i could almost see her being like look i didn't really know him but something feels off to me. Hey, Clark, you know Bruce Wayne. Let's go check this guy out, and you give me your take on him. And then you could you could have Clark could totally figure it out like fast. Yeah. And it's like that that storyline would be fun to you know to see. I would like to see that, but it possibly. I d- but I get I, the impression Luke would 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 know really quickly. You know, the one thing that I never could quite settle on was how. How close did he really know him? He knew who he was. He worked with him, obviously. Mm-hmm. But how much was he really around? Because if you go back in those first few episodes, it sure seemed like he was still learning his way around the cave. Yeah, you're not wrong. I mean, there's that great scene where they accidentally order a pizza. Oh, wait, that was a really bad commercial. Jeez. <sighs> Jeez. I hate those commercials so much. <laughs> So I I don't know. It's like <laughs> at this point I I do feel like the other heroes need to find out. Yeah. Like, I want to see their reaction, you know, at the end of Crisis we basically got their take on the Justice League. And I want to find out like what is their take on this new Batwoman. Like I yeah, I want to see it mentioned on the Flash. Like I want Cisco to mention it or I want I would want Oliver Queen to investigate it. Like, I probably would have argued for Oliver Queen to absolutely be a part of that if Stephen Amell were still around. Mm-hmm. But I don't, I don't like, it'll be, I think it will be just another mistake if we don't get Supergirl's reaction to whatever causes and whatever excuse they give us, be that she leaves the way Bruce did and goes into self-exile or she is killed or whatever. She, they're probably going to end up having her get killed by Jacob off screen and then Jacob's going to learn who she was. But yeah. It's like, we need Supergirl's reaction. I suspect we won't get it until the crossover. I suspect we will, it will be I would, Luke. I'm who, okay with that. I'm okay with that. I think it, I think we'll get it, but I think Luke will be the one that figures out that things aren't, aren't right with Bruce. And then sometime in the crisis, we'll be like, oh, she'll be talking to Batwoman and, or they'll go to get Batwoman and it'll be, it won't be the same Batwoman. And she was like, you don't have you all the same tattoos. Huh? <laughs> She'll be like, you don't have all the tattoos that we talked about you having because I totally looked at you under your suit. <laughs> I forgot about that. It, okay, Supergirl came up. So I, I got to ask you this. And I know, I know that you've seen the finale. And so I, I feel like I got to tell your listeners, I'm going to spoil the Supergirl finale a little bit. So if you haven't seen it, keep that in mind. That's right. Yeah. These The, the season finale of Supergirl and Batwoman aired on the same night. You know, Batwoman and then mm-hmm. Supergirl following, right? 
I kind of feel like Supergirl suffered from something that they don't normally have to deal with until Crisis. And that's events on the other shows are on the same Earth. Mm -hmm. And while I can think of a plausible explanation for this, as the viewer, it was a little jarring. So think back to the Batwoman season finale. A big part of that was, how do I destroy the last piece of kryptonite ever? And then once I've destroyed it, oh, look, Kate's going to reveal she actually has another piece. Right, so that's the new last piece of kryptonite on Earth. Which, yeah. side note, I, it was a little weird the way they're like, it's the only material that can cut the bat suit. I'm like, really? Where did that come from? That was but weird and dumb. Yeah. Then think about Supergirl, <laughs> where there's so much kryptonite that she has to get her kryptonite spacesuit from Lena. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, I, I guess it's plausible that just nobody in Gotham understood what was happening over there in National City. But as a viewer who watched them back to back the night they aired, that was really jarring. Yeah, I I sort of just kind of, I assume that most people in the world don't know that Lena just has like her brother's, you know, <laughs> whole chamber of kryptonite or whatever. I assume the Luthors just have a lot of kryptonite laying around just in case. Um, and I would expect that, you know, it would be going around rumored on the black market, like, ah, the last kryptonite on earth, eh, like, cause that ups the value, right? Yeah. I, I kind of put this one on the Batwoman writers cause I kind of feel like kryptonite, it, it's a super thing. Mm-hmm. The super shows get dibs on kryptonite. What they say about kryptonite goes. And I kind of feel like, Hey, somebody from this writer's office, let's call that writer's room and let's just, you know, compare notes real quick. And they could have done something else, some other weapon to penetrate the bat suit. Now, yeah, when Alice said, tell me how to find kryptonite, I was like, jaw drop, holy crap, what's going to happen right now? I was mm. not expecting it just to become the sharpest thing on Earth. But... Yeah, that was... Because I think traditionally isn't kryptonite just... It's really only lethal to Superman. I mean, or the Kryptonians, because this radioactive from being uh, drenched in their sunlight in the red sun. I mean, not entirely, not entirely true. I mean, like in the comics at one point, Lex lost a hand because of wearing the kryptonite ring all the time. And so over time he got kryptonite poisoning from it. Right. It just took a long time. So it still can hurt humans. And of course on Smallville, the yeah. first couple seasons, the meteor freak of the weeks, but just, I mean specifically because it's not like, it's not, I mean, yeah, I know about the cancer hand and all, but I'm talking about like it being like the strongest thing known to right. you know anyone. The sharpest thing, the only thing that can cut the bat suit. And I'm just like, well, if that's the case, they're even said like the bat suit is basically invulnerable now. I'm like, I'm pretty sure she got shot and stuff earlier in the show and was worried about getting shot. It's like, yeah. Why would she ever be worried about that if it's if the suit's now invulnerable? Other than her head is halfway exposed. <laughs> But I'm like, <laughs> just that kind of thing, like the exposure of the heads, like that doesn't bother me in comics. Like we talked about this before we started. I know I'm not that guy of, oh, it's not realistic. It's a comic book. It shouldn't be realistic. But if you're going to tell me she's invincible because they destroyed kryptonite. Yeah. Her face better not be hanging out of her costume. Yeah. That's, that's always bothered me. I mean, I get Kevlar and all that stuff. That's cool. I understand dude needs to breathe. That makes sense. <laughs> But, you know, when you have, like, villains going, like, we have to get kryptonite to penetrate the bat suit. You're like, just shoot her in the face hole. It's like, <laughs> wait, who, we need kryptonite for which villain? Batman?
Batman? Are you kidding me? Uh, which hero? It's like, so no, I, I, I enjoyed this stuff like with Alice. I even, I'm on board with like, we need a MacGuffin that's some super weapon to take down the suit for whatever reason. Okay, that's fine. Mm-hmm. I just, and even being kryptonite, if it's just, if it hadn't been the same night as the Supergirl one, yeah, it'd be like, oh, well maybe Kate needs to just borrow the super suit <laughs> to get away from the kryptonite. Problem solved, right? Yeah, I doubt they'll just, ever talk about it though. I mean, at this no, it, it's it won't be a thing, and it wouldn't have been anyway because that storyline with Supergirl was very much wrapped up. Like mm-hmm. the, Supergirl did not end on that type of cliffhanger the way Batwoman did. Yeah, but just again the night the same night it was jarred. So, and that's just not something Supergirls had to worry about because you know even post CBS it was still at least on its own world. But it, I don't know. I lost my train of thought. I'll say it. I'm sorry, man. It happens to the best of <laughs> us happens. and the worst of us because it it's does. happened to me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I like to think we're somewhere in the middle of those two extremes, but hey. whatever. We'll let other people judge that. Whatever, man. At least we're not John Campia. Oh, jeez. Um, <laughs> God, I'm not going to touch that. Can I, can I ask what you thought of Hush's like real Hush look that they gave him? I loved it. Yeah, it was cool. I agree. It was, I, I saw some some people complaining about it, and I'm like, eh, you were going to complain about literally anything if you're like, it looked like Hush. So, well, and ex- I, I mean, I mean, I have a wide strike zone for their costumes and stuff because I understand the budgets, you know, outside of Diggle's helmet, which always looked terrible. But <laughs> I thought, I thought Hush, I thought Hush looked, I liked his look. I thought it was looked really cool. I thought initially when he was just. I don't have a face anymore. And he's just in the bandages. I'm like, uh, that's kind of a cute little like nod to hush, but it looks pretty bad. I mean, I'm not saying it looks unrealistic necessarily. I don't know what a man with no face looks like being bandaged. I imagine there'd be more blood, but okay. Um, but then when like, I don't know, I feel like that dude's acting like kicked up a notch or maybe it wasn't even him. I don't know. But when like they did like the proper hush outfit and he had like the proper, like, weathered bandages and stuff i was like dude this is badass it's like they knew where they wanted to go but they weren't sure how to get them there mm-hmm. but it, so it was a little clunky before but once they got him there that was hush yeah i was on board after that i was just like okay cool we don't have to do okay i just i don't want to know why he didn't act like that before or i don't know why his acting is better now i, I don't care just yes more of this more of <laughs> Double gun hush running around with his bandages. You know, another one, another guy that I liked was the the detonator. The whole, I mean, it was from the Dark Knight playbook, but stick stick a bomb on the guy and then say, you know, you can either save yourself, but you're going to kill all these other people, or you can save them, but you're going to die. Mm-hmm. I was like, all right, well, you are making me think of the Dark Knight, but I like that movie, so that's not a big deal. I I thought that was a really good episode. Yeah, that was a good episode. That that gave me some chills, man. Like thinking about that scenario, I was just like, ugh, ugh. oh, that would be a terrible scenario to have to, 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 you know, to find yourself in. And I liked that they were just like, this gutless cop killed a bunch of people. The guy like who does it without even hesitate. Boom, they're dead. It's like no hesitation at all. Like he had a full what was it, twenty minutes left or something. <laughs> he, I mean, he's just like, nope, screw you guys, I'm out. Like, you could have called somebody and said, hey, evacuate this building, jackass. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I did think it was a good episode. I mean, I just, I, I enjoyed the situation that he was putting people in. And I, I mean, you know, at the end, 
at the end, they end up like at the bottom of Wing Tower, and basically they have to figure out how to stop the bomb before they can go. I, I, I liked it. It was just, it was a good episode. Yeah. I think most of these are really good episodes. Like, I think my favorite episode of the season was the full on flashback where it was just like getting into uh, what Alice went through as a kid. Yeah, the the kid Alice was, and really the kid Kate, I mean, they both did a great job, but the kid Alice, the kid Mouse, it's like, that was incredible casting. It's like, mm-hmm. uh, you got to think that the adult actors worked with the child actors there just so they could be like, okay, this is kind of my mannerisms, this is how, because you just knew you were watching the same character. Yeah, they actually did a really good job with that. I got tired of the Mouse character. I got, like, really bored with him. He was kind of annoying at first, and but I got it. And then it was just like when he's like, "No, we have to stay. We have to stay." I was just like, "Dude, what are you doing? <laughs> You're a terrible character now. <laughs> You're not even serving the plot." <laughs> I don't know. I, I maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm just being short sighted. No, I mean I, I I get it. Again, for me, Mouse was by himself. I wasn't as interested in him, but like like when he was separated from Alice. But when they were together, I enjoyed their dynamic. I it did like as annoying as he was, it did break my heart a little bit when Alice offed him. Yeah, I mean it. it it's weird to say it, like, this is so weird. It was like a touching moment. Yeah, and I feel really it was touching when she murdered him. But it, I mean, just it's a testament to the writing. It was a testament to the acting and the way that they got us to buy into that relationship. Yeah, and she was just like, I mean, it totally worked and made sense that she was just like as heartbroken <laughs> and having to do it. Just like, oh, buddy, I didn't want it to come to this, but no, we're not going to be able to do this. This is just, <laughs> this is an untenable relationship now. Man. What, what about, what did you think about when really Kate, not even Batwoman, killed Mouse's father? I dug that, man. It, You know, I saw some people were a little upset because there's been utter other shows with bat characters who have killed and people hated it, but it's like the Kate Kane character has never like, she's like every incarnation of her has basically all she's always been like, she's willing to do what it takes. Mm-hmm. And for me, I thought it was really interesting. And then they kind of hinted at, at, they didn't flat out stay it, but they heavily implied that Bruce is gone because he killed the Joker. Yeah. And uh, for the record, I don't believe that's true. I think the Joker is still alive. I think Bruce obviously is still alive. I think they, I think out of story, they needed a reason to say why the Joker is not in Gotham city Mm -hmm. because if a new bat was running around Joker would be popping up. So they needed a way to write him off the show until they get the, you know, until they get the ability from the powers that be, they get approval to put him in the character, put him in the show. And I think, I mean, I, I still believe that like, the whole recasting hubbub, like that doesn't change that feeling for me. But I did think it was really interesting that maybe the, this version of Bruce doesn't know that Joker's alive. Maybe he thinks he killed the Joker because that still would mess with his head. And I could see it causing him to leave. Not unlike Superman did when he exiled himself after killing the Zod and his minions in the pocket universe back in the 80s or whatever that was. <laughs> yeah. Um, I like the idea that Bruce... Like, maybe the Joker went too far and said, look, here's a thing that I'm going to do. Like, of course, I most of the time believe the Joker knows who Batman is, but just doesn't want to know himself. He doesn't want to let himself know that he knows or doesn't want to admit 
He doesn't want confirmation that he knows who 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 Batman is, but I'm pretty sure in the comics now he it's just out that he just he just knows. Um he's figured it out. He's not dumb. I like the idea that Bruce Wayne and Batman left Gotham because he kind of did a calculation in his head, or maybe there was a threat from Joker that Gotham, even though they would not be safe, would be more safe if Batman was gone because that also meant Joker was gone because Joker doesn't care if Batman's not around. That would be, that would be an interesting Elseworlds tale and of that, like Batman, like talking through this. Should I kill the Joker? Asking the question, should I like that? I think could be an interesting, like Elseworlds tale. I don't like, I wouldn't necessarily like the idea of like their main continuity, which for this would be that Batman actually killing him going through with it. But even even having to ask the question, even having those moments of doubt of, you know, had I killed him, uh, Barbara wouldn't have got paralyzed and Jason Todd wouldn't have been killed and all the you mm-hmm. know all these other stuff that maybe we presume happened, but we don't know because we don't know what's canon to the Arrowverse. But I mean that that's a there's a conversation that I was hoping to see after the finale, and it was Bruce and Kate talking about the respective times they have killed their enemy Mm -hmm. or Bruce thinks he killed his enemy. And I mean, that's gone now, but I was hoping to see it. Yeah. But yeah, I I do. I like the idea of Bruce realizing that the only, the only ethical way of killing the Joker is by stopping being Batman, just taking off, taking off the, the costume and just never addressing it again. Joker becomes a husk. So maybe he didn't kill him physically. Maybe he just quit. I mean, you can almost see like Batman catching him one more time. And then telling Joker, I quit, I'm done. And like taking off the cow and maybe not showing his face, but throwing it at him as like a symbolic, like I'm not Batman anymore. And Joker just deflating. Cause ah, like we said earlier, where'd my, where'd my toy go? You know, where'd my, it's no fun anymore. Yeah. I mean, no, that's definitely an interesting idea. And it's a way to write Joker. I mean, it's, Regardless, it's a way to account for the Joker's presence because, like, people are going to accept, oh, we never heard anything about Mr. Freeze or the Riddler or whoever, but the Joker is the Joker. He's one of the yeah. most iconic villains, like, in all of literature. And it's like, no, you got to kind of explain why he isn't there if you're in his hometown. Yeah, which I think in the Batwoman and the CW universe, Mr. Freeze is gone. I think he might be dead. I know Nora Freeze is now the bad the bad guy. She was in Arkham and she had the <laughs> Yeah, Stephen Amell's wife. <laughs> yeah. 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 Which <laughs> You know what? She's I mean, she probably had to put up with an awful lot of Steve especially with her daughter of like Stephen Amell being off because he had to be arrow let her have a walk on roll. You know, sure. just a little a little cameo in a fun event. I'm fine with that. Yeah, that's fine. But you have you know I don't know if they, this has comic book precedent because I'm woefully behind, but did, you're not you're not watching Harley Quinn, are you? Uh correct. So, Harley throws a bachelorette party for uh for Ivy, and one of the people they invite is Nora Freeze. Was Ivy getting married? Yeah. <laughs> to who? Kite Man. Oh, good lord. <laughs> Hell yeah, Kite Man. I knew Kite Man had something to do with this show. Are you current on that show? Uh, I haven't watched the newest episode, but it is... I I was just going to say, I thought I saw that Ivy and Harley got together, but maybe I'm wrong. I mean, I I don't watch it. Yeah, there's been a whole, like, will they, won't they now, because... telling me Poison Ivy was not faithful to Kite Man? Oh my gosh. um, She basically, yeah, she cheated on Kite Man. 
but uh it, they're basically like fighting like harley is uh, spoilers for, for for harley quinn uh they realized they were into each other and ivy's like nope i i love kite man we're doing that and the last one i saw is like harley just kind of put it on the table and was like dude i love you and ivy was like i trust you as a friend but i don't trust you with my heart they've done a really good job with the emotions of this show i was gonna say that's pretty deep for uh for what that show certainly seemed like it was in the pilot episode which is the only one i've actually watched Obviously, they're in season two. It's gonna yeah progress. You would hope the characters would progress and grow, but they do. I gotta, and I, I gotta I ask would you. Encourage you to to go back and give it a shot at some point because yeah, it's, you're not the first to tell me that. They I, cut I, down. I say never. They they do cut down a lot on like just like the the raunchy body humor. Um, King Shark Ron Funches is just delightful. Has just some man. They they do. They have like some really great character arcs and and they're, they're doing a good job of it i hope they get a season three i i've enjoyed it way more than i thought i would based on the first couple episodes i would be surprised if they didn't get a season three i mean it's it's clearly a pretty breakout hit for the dc universe and mm-hmm. you know i mean they sold it to like the licensing to let sci-fi the sci-fi channel play it so that obviously was a revenue stream and is going to increase the audience for it i I would be surprised if it didn't get a season three. In fact, the one show that I, I mean, I really enjoy it, but I'm the most surprised that it's gone as long as it did is Titans. Because while I have liked the show overall, even though both their finales were horrendous, they, they (laughs) like, that seems to be like the show that has been the most polarizing, the most mixed. And well, I mean, I will always love it because they gave me a, just a wonderful Superboy, but that's like that's been the show that it's been like I'm kind of like I'm not at all surprised Doom Patrol got a season two like yeah. that. N- no, I wasn't a fan of it, but it was a huge hit. It was absolutely massive hit. Uh, so much so, I mean that obviously because it's all over HBO Max and stuff too. But that doesn't surprise me. I'll be shocked if Harley doesn't. You're gonna get more of it. It's doing too well. I would sincerely hope so, but you know, I I have just. I, my wife and I both just like look forward to it now. It's just like, oh man, there's a new Harley. Yeah, okay, we gotta watch that. <laughs> like we we put it on the same night as we watched the new Rick and Morty, which is there you go. high praise. It's like we're gonna have like a big block of of animated hilarity. And damn it, both of those shows will like hit us with really hard hitting emotional stuff. Just like, oh god, Rick. Oh Harley. Oh you poor bastards. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. I liked the guy a lot that played um, the Sebastian, the the plastic surgeon, mm-hmm. and and the actual dude that was like <laughs> who was underneath the mask, <laughs> you know, sure. like the guy that played the 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 mouse's father. Yeah, Cartwright. Yeah, um, yeah. That was that was an. I didn't like the all the face changing stuff, but like I thought it was silly. I know that's silly to say. Uh, when you're talking about a comic book show, like, oh, this part was silly, but it did feel a little bit of outside of the... I mean, it was silly, but <laughs> it made me think of the movie Face Off, which I have always just had a unapologetic love for that movie. I don't know why. Like, it's not like like if I was trying to... I don't know, either. <laughs> watch it like a movie snob or whatever, I'd critique the hell out of it. But for whatever reason, just the first time I saw it, it just hit me. And I'm like, man, I really like in this movie. And I am really think that, you know, Nicolas Cage and John Travolta are doing a good job of inhabiting each other's styles. And 
Oh, they it absolutely just, did. It, it reminded me of Face Off, and so I'm like, all right, you, yeah, silly is a good word for it, but you're getting a pass because you know association to Face Off there. Yeah, I, I, I feel the same way. Like, I, I can't defend Face Off except that it's a, it's a dumb action movie, and Nicolas Cage and, and John Travolta do a really good job. They yeah, do a really and, good job. And everything you just said is good enough for me. Yeah, I mean, that's the kind of stamp that I had to put on Luke Besson's Lucy. I had to put it on Limitless. I had, it's like, there, there's several movies that I do. But, you know, to be fair, I I don't have a good reason for liking those things. That's okay. Sometimes, I mean, I'm, I'm forgetting who it was now, but I know there's been a couple actors you've mentioned in the past where you just have a, you don't have a good reason. You just have like a chemical reaction that you don't like them. And yeah. so you don't like it when they show up. And you can have the same thing in a more positive positive respect of, I don't know why I like this, but I do. It's like, I, I kind of feel that way about Robbie Amell. I have watched a lot of stupid crap because Robbie Amell was in it. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's things like upload on Amazon and it turns out to just be awesome and it really pays off. And other times it's like, well, it was the duff and it was all right, I guess. <laughs> right. But, so, I mean, I, I get it. Sometimes you don't need a reason to, you can't explain why you like something. You know, like if you were trying to be, you know, quote unquote objective about it, like you would, you would definitely be criticizing different elements of it, but it works for you. And Face Off is one of those movies for me. And so when they reminded me of Face Off on this show, I'm going to give it to them. Now, I did not necessarily want that to be the way we got a new Kate Kane, but, and I know that's something like you've asked about as an idea, and I've heard other people ask about it. I wouldn't have gone that route with it because I wouldn't have put an in story reason for it. But yeah. it seems I, obvious. <laughs> some I mean, it, it does. And. I mean, considering you have that, plus you have the whole multiverse doppelganger stuff, like there are ways to do it. There are ways to do it in story. I just don't think they needed it. But especially because basically the height of the face, you know, the face off ripoff storyline was a Bruce Wayne on the show. Mm -hmm. And so that means in 2021, just several different versions of Bruce Wayne between uh, HBO Max, DC Universe, the CW and, and theatrical, like everyone, every one of those is probably going to have a version of Bruce Wayne. And I, I mean, I was glad that the CW was going to get to be in that party. I'm loving it. You know, if it doesn't work out, if Batwoman doesn't work out, it, you know, it's, it wasn't the show's fault necessarily. Not really. It, it, uh, I mean, I it, mean, they're damned if they do and they're damned if they don't. I, I I don't know if I agree with that because I think I think recasting Kate I think the show survives. I do too. I like I guaranteed think it should survives. Not recasting Kate but just creating this whole new character. Uh, I'll give him a coin flip. Mm-hmm. I think it's strongest. I think it's strongest if they if they just recast her and move on, which you will almost never hear me say ever. Um, I I am in that Larry David camp. You know, there's. <laughs> The famous bit where he just like he had already cast, they already had an actor playing George's father in Seinfeld, and when they when that guy was too ill to come back, and they cast Jerry Stiller, they went and reshot those scenes and put those scenes in with Jerry Stiller into the old episodes in syndication because Larry David is like, nope, I don't want to break that continuity. All right, I gotta ask you: Have you ever heard of the website The Cinema Spot? No, I don't know this website at all. So this may be total total bullcrap but 
I just saw a Twitter post come across my timeline that they're reporting that they're eyeing Vanessa Morgan to play this Ryan Wilder character. Uh-huh. Do you know who Vanessa Morgan is? No, I'm actually going to look her up. <laughs> I've uh, never heard of her. Tony Topaz on oh. Riverdale. Cheryl's girlfriend on Riverdale. Hmm. And I'm like, you okay. know what? I like the actress, but it's awfully funny because she just came out and basically said how bad she's been treated by a lot of the producers and treated like a background sidekick on that show. And she's the least paid actor on that show. And I'm like, oh, you just spoke out pretty harshly against the network. I'd, I'm not saying that they wouldn't give you a job because of that, but it doesn't feel like something that would help you get a job. So I don't know if this rumor is true or not. I just I, full on rumor category, but I'm, I was just curious you know, it's the Batwoman episode. What'd you think about? What do you think about that? Like, do you, are you, would you get behind that or? Well, <clears throat> yeah, I'd get behind it. Uh, as far as her acting ability, um, I, when She's I. pretty one note on Riverdale. Right. Like, I, she has not been given the material to show her acting ability. Um, I think I mean, it's Riverdale. Was... Has anybody been given the material to show their acting ability? Let's be honest. Yeah, there is that. But, um, you know, she, I think she has. What I mean by, I feel like she, I like her acting ability is she adequately convinced me that she was into Jughead. She seemed emotionally uh, invested in, in uh, where he was going. Uh, I understood her motivations for being a part of the serpents. I, I empathized with her. I, uh, and then she seamlessly trans transitioned into being with, with Cheryl on that show. And, Mm. Cheryl's a very specific type of character that I wouldn't imagine would be easy to love. She's kind of crazy or completely batshit crazy. Uh, no she pun is. intended. I like her though. I think she's funny. Yeah. But... I, yeah. I, I enjoy Cheryl or it did before I stopped watching the show out of just disgust because I just couldn't keep doing it. You know, this article has a quote from the uh, Riverdale creator that basically says, no, we hear her complaints and change is coming. So it's like, well, maybe speaking out did not negatively. I mean, you would like to think it would negatively affect her, but sometimes well, it's hard to be that positive thinking with these kind of things. The thing is, though, is in today's climate, there's no response other than that one that they could get away with. Especially this week. Right. <laughs> you know? So the thing is, though, is when I... <laughs> I was telling my wife about it and she was like, she had the same thoughts I did, which was, what does she do on the show? Like she's barely in the show. <laughs> on, on Riverdale? Yeah. Like, yeah, no, I mean, she, she really is just Cheryl's sidekick. Like she probably shouldn't get paid as much as most of the other people because she's barely on the show. She's damn near recurring. But they could write her to have a bigger part. They could they give could. her a little more to do. But that, is, that, I mean, that show has a huge cast. It does. So it has a huge cast. It's and just funny to see it. And I, I wondered how fast this would move. Like how fast we would hear about casting moving on. Because you would think they gotta get it in place so the second they have the go ahead to start production again they can get started. Right. You know, and I don't I I her having a bigger role in Riverdale is not gonna make me watch Riverdale because I just don't like Riverdale. Like I love the first season and then it was just a shit show <laughs> rolling deeper it into, still the, is. into the pot. It still is. Um, <laughs> so yeah, her having a bigger role, uh, if she, I, I hate that she feels like that, like, the, and y- you hope that it is, you know, her just feeling like that and not like an opportunistic thing. Like, but <sighs> no, I don't think I reading the quotes and stuff from her. I mean, I don't, 
it's not like I've read a ton of interviews to mm-hmm. get any kind of sense of what she's like, but just the quotes to me did not come across as opportunistic. Well, that's good. They, they just came across as I'm angry at all the bullshit that's happening right now. And this is my real thoughts. Right. And that's, that's valid. That's, that's cool. Um, I, I liked her. I like the job she did on, on Riverdale that I saw when they, when they actually had her not just sitting next to Cheryl and, for some reason, acting like this, not a big deal. There's a dead body there. Um, oh, so you did see some of the more recent stuff. My wife still watches it. I walk through and I'm almost like, what the hell? And she's like, yeah, that's Jason. That's, that's, that's her brother. I'm like, oh, oh God. Yeah, it's, it is a train wreck, but it is one that we are watching on Netflix. Yeah. So <laughs> she, you know, I, I guess she's, she's done a good job that I've seen. So, I wouldn't mind her being Ryan Wilder if there is such a character. Um, I don't know. She might find a way to be, you know, I mean, if she can be a bigger deal in Batwoman and not have to be like fighting for attention amongst a, a cast of thousands. I'll great. say this. <laughs> she obviously knows what it's like to live in Vancouver. Yeah. She obviously is familiar with like CW television production styles, like the way that they shoot their shows and stuff. I, I gotta say, I feel like if they really are like, if this, if there's any truth to this at all, and they're looking to other CW actresses, mm-hmm. I think that is a, I think that's a smart move Yeah, because you're, you're bringing in it's, I mean, don't try and bring in someone who's never done a TV show again. Like, I don't think that would be a good idea. Don't try and bring someone in who's starting to get a few movie roles at the same time. Yeah. And, I mean, that's what they did with Ruby Rose to the point of, or, you know, she had a recurring bit on a huge streaming show with Orange is the New Black, but obviously that production is radically different. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe their uh, reach exceeded their grasp on that one, because let's be honest, it is still the CW. Yeah. I, I like this idea a lot more than... You know, I saw some people championing the the idea of her or of the uh, the girl that um, I can't remember her name now. The the girl who was uh, screwing with people's phones or their computers or emails or something, whatever she was doing. That like now she's brought in that Kate brought in. Oh, episode. I got you. I got you. Remember what I'm talking about? <laughs> yeah, I do. Um, the high school kid. I yeah. I think she her. I feel like her character is too young. Yeah, I feel like she's too young. And also, like, you know, Kate Kane had some, like, background in fighting. This girl is just, like, a kid. Like, she, I don't, has she fought anybody? Has, has any kind of physical altercation taken place? I mean, not really. I mean, I guess trying to get away from Alice is about it. But she's too young. And what's she going to say? Oh, by the way, my name is this. It, I mean, they wouldn't, if they wanted her to be the new Batwoman, mm-hmm. they would not reuse the same actress who was just in the last couple episodes of season one in a new care as a new character. Yeah. I mean, it would solve the problem of at least she has a prior established relationship with at least some of the cast. Right. Well, no, I was saying like some people were saying that they should just make that character Batwoman instead of bringing in a new person. Nah, she should be a spoiler. No, she shouldn't. Stephanie Brown should be a spoiler. (laughs) I agree. But I could see them doing that. I could see them making her spoiler. Yeah, I, I don't want to... She's not there yet, as far as I'm concerned. I can see her being a Robin at some point, or something <laughs> something similar. I don't think she's there, though, at this point. And uh, I barely remember that she existed until someone was bringing her up. I was like, oh, yeah, they did let her just, just let her in the Batcave. 
I saw someone say they should get Cassandra Kane to bring in a Cassandra Kane to be the new Batwoman. But I why? Like, I mean, she would not be my first choice um, to do it, but at least it's an established character with a you know with a bat resume as far as the character history goes. But I mean, that really, I don't know if there's ever. I can't. I know there's been a couple different versions of Kate Kane. I don't know if there's ever been a Batwoman who was not a Kate Kane. I don't. You know, there's been several Batgirls, but I don't think there's ever been another Batwoman other than pre-crisis version of Kate Kane and the new or the 52 weekly series version of Kate Kane, which is the one we have now. Yeah. Um. Hmm. Yeah, I don't think so. I don't think so. They could. There, there's so many different avenues they could go down, and they're not going to. Like, they're not going to bring in like you remember the the original Batgirl. I can't remember her name. Maybe it was Barbara Kane. I don't know. But the original Batgirl was like the like the niece or something of of Batwoman, and they ran around Batman and Robin because you know seduction of the innocent happened, and we had to make sure that everyone knew that Batman and Robin weren't gay. Ironically, it brings us here. Yeah. Um, they could have like something like that, or they could, they could have like that Batgirl character, like in name only, probably come in. They could have like the original Barbara Gordon show up and be like, oh, well, we're, you know, I used to be Batgirl, I might as well be Batwoman now, which probably wouldn't work as far as what audiences are looking for. Um, Carrie Kelly. They could have Carrie Kelly. They could do. I mean, Stephanie Brown was Robin and Batgirl. She was. And spoiler. I mean, there, there, there really are uh, the Bluebird character Harper Rowe. Thank you, Scott, yep. for telling me her name. There really are so many existing characters that they could adapt. But I guess maybe at the same time, people would get upset of, oh, that's not who Barbara Gordon. Barbara Gordon should only be Batgirl or Oracle, or only, you know, or Stephanie Brown has to be spoilers. So it's like you know, like basically like what I said two minutes ago. It, it is. They are in a tough spot by choosing to not recast. Like, I still say recasting is the easiest and best decision. It, I mean, it's both the easiest decision and probably the right one. It's like, oh my gosh, why are we, why are we having this discussion at all? But mm-hmm. again, again, I just got to keep telling myself, I will watch it. I will give it a fair chance. I will do my i mean we've we all go into it with our biases to these things but do my best to give this new take on the character a fair opportunity and maybe three years from now i'm not gonna give a crap about the kate kane version that we saw because ryan Wilder ryan wilder is going to be such an awesome character yeah i mean and i'm still down for wallace day y'all or Stephanie Beatrice, which she might be a little a little too old for CW. I don't know how they feel about that. Is there like an MTV, like, you can't be a VJ if you're over 25 type of situation with CW? Well, the last I heard was they wanted an actress in their 20s for this. But yeah. I don't, like, I don't know how old the girl is from Riverdale. I don't, that doesn't, I mean, it's the CW, so I expect that's all they want is people in their 20s. At least in their 20s to start with, but... You know, not like, I mean, because like, I don't know how old Stephen Amell when he was when he got cast, but uh, like Grant Gustin was in his 20s. So like, I, he may have just turned 30. I'm not sure about that. I could be wrong. But I mean, ultimately, it is what it is. It's the situation we're in. I've definitely been more negative about this than I ever have about anything related to the Arrowverse. But I will try my best to be positive. I absolutely will. I'm I will always be disappointed at 
some of the stuff that they set up that they just won't be able to pay off the same way or, you know, it's just, I don't know. At, the, at this point, I'm repeating myself, but I'm just, normally I get to the end of a season and I'm, I got a couple of weeks of, I'm happy to be at the end of the t- traditional TV season because mm-hmm. it's so hard to keep up with everything. Yeah, and then I start you. getting that itch for everything to come back. And yeah. I'm, I've already kind of feel that for Supergirl. I definitely am like ready for the Superman and Lois show. I don't have it for Batwoman right now. Yeah, I, I can kind of feel that from you, man. <laughs> I'm so sorry. No, it's totally fine. I mean, it's true. It, it absolutely is true. I've I've thought about the Batwoman situation so much since this rumor, well, at the time was a rumor first came out. Um, and just, unfortunately it came out from sources you could genuinely trust like mm-hmm. the Hollywood reporter. And I was like, come on, why couldn't this be? We've got this covered, but it, I mean, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to sugarcoat it for people. I mean, I, someone mentioned to me earlier today, I'm not usually that negative or critical of the CW. And I'm like, no, it's just, I'm critical when I think it's warranted. And this is certainly an extreme situation, but yeah, I mean, I'm, one thing I will always do is tell the truth. Yeah. Um, well, you know, the first season was pretty good to me. Uh, one thing I really hope won't come back is is the uh, Rachel Maddow, Vesper Fairchild voiceovers. I hate those so much. They're just, ugh. You know, I'm, I'm not with you there. I, I mean, they don't add much, but they, well, one, they did give us the first actual in-continuity mention of Robin. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, I, I, I like Rachel Maddow. I don't have a problem with her. And I thought it was funny that she was doing this and it was a little weird to like hear her voice for it, but they don't, it's kind of like the Kara, you know, doing the instant messenger chats with Superman in season one of that show or, yes. or even in this of Batwoman leaving, like doing her diary entry. It's just an exposition thing. And I mean, I, I will say this, they don't bother me. There is definitely, there's got to be a better way to do it though. Yeah, like, I don't need the Doogie Howser diary scenes either, to be fair. Like, I don't need to do the thing where, like, the character tells us our thoughts. Like, I don't need Felicity season one and two or whatever it was. Um. <laughs> you said Felicity. I'm like, we never got that from her, but you actually mean Felicity the show. <laughs> the J.J. Abrams show, yes, absolutely. But I, I was thinking, like, season one of Arrow, the first handful of episodes, and we do get a lot of inner inner monologue from Oliver, and I do like that stuff a lot. And as soon as Diggle joins the team in the whatever fourth or fifth episode, it's like, well, that's gone. But, I mean, I I get the whole instant message thing with Clark or the I'm writing in my diary or my journal that I'm going to leave for Bruce. It always felt a little clunky because I I never just imagined Bruce like pulling up his lazy boy chair and kicking back and reading the adventures of Batwoman. You know, I just, Mm -hmm. I never saw that happening. Yeah. It was, it's a weird, it's a weird device. I mean, I guess at this point they're going to be do away with it. I mean, maybe we'll get some other device, but it's like the new Batwoman isn't going to be writing notes to Bruce Wayne or that would be really weird. Yeah. But you know, it's the way they write Vesper is just, it just sounds like she's like borderline TMZ reporter. Like, Hey, 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 Gotham, you know, just like, well, no, I would, I mean, yes, TMZ reporter, definitely. You know, what's really weird about Rachel Maddow playing Vesper Fairchild. (laughs) Elseworlds, Elseworlds established that she had a 
physical relationship with Oliver Queen. And so now I can't forget of like, oh, Stephen Amell and Rachel Maddow. <laughs> they definitely, yep. in this world, got it on. And it's like, oh my gosh, I don't see that at all. <laughs> Disconnect the voice. Disconnect the voice, man. <laughs> right. <laughs> I don't see it happening either. <laughs> I had not thought about I that. I don't even know where to go from that. But I don't either, that is, man. As soon as she was announced as like doing the Batwoman on the show, I was like, that's the first thing I thought of was, they definitely mentioned her last year in Elseworlds. <laughs> yeah. Like the every time I hear her now, I'm just like I just think of the comics. I'm like, well, I guess she wasn't brutally murdered to frame Bruce Wayne. It, yeah, <laughs> I, just I the know. whole thing. <laughs> I forgot all about that. Um, wow, I guess that's not really a story they would tell unless they actually cat. I just I don't see Rachel Maddow going to Vancouver and playing on the CW. So yeah, <sighs> yeah, I don't. Yeah, I just don't. I don't like the segments. I don't. I don't think they are incredibly worthy exposition like they, they don't really add too much and i mean I, I i'm with you but then i just think back and they mentioned robin and i'm like so robin is known enough that they're mentioning him on like radio a radio personality is mentioning him mm-hmm. I'm like i mean there's so much history here that well barry was quite open to and oliver was closed off to because he's the first vigilante it i i mean i would love to get some of that backstory like, I mean, could you imagine if they brought in a Dick Grayson someday? It doesn't have to be, you know, Brendan Thwaites from the Titan show on DC Universe. As we just talked about, we can have different versions. Just bring in a new Dick Grayson or, you know what, forget that. I want Tim Drake. I want Tim Drake Robin. Bring him in. Have that be the Robin that was referenced. It That'd be so awesome if they did that. Oh, I don't. I don't want Tim. What? Maybe later. Maybe later. Like, I definitely, I would love to see Tim at some point, but I think... And damn it, that's not going to work now. But <laughs> I mean, there's already Dick and Jason on the Titans. Yeah. All the animated movies basically focus entirely on Damien. That's why I want Damien. And I'm like, Tim Drake is the best. We need Tim Drake. I do. I, I, Tim Drake is my favorite Robin. Okay. Do, but, but you just don't want to see him because you don't want fun. Gotcha. No, no, it's not like that. <laughs> it ain't like that, man. Come on. No. <laughs> what it is, is... I just, I suddenly built a storyline in my head that then I sadly realized could never happen because Kate Kane isn't on the show anymore. Because what I think would be cool is if Damien showed up and declared that it was his birthright to have the mantle. And now that can't happen. No, that totally can happen. I guess it still can happen with... In fact, it yeah. arguably, it would be... I mean, one... He wants the mantle of Batwoman. No, I mean, he wants the mantle of the Bat. I get what you're saying. Yeah. But, I mean, Kate Kane had, would have the argument of, well, he's my cousin, and I stepped up, and I'm here, and I'm not 12 years old. Yeah, and he would be like, I'm his son. You know, that would... But, you know, that you're you're right. You're absolutely right. That could still work. You know, he's like, Ryan, Ryan Wilder, who are you? I'm his son. Piss off. Like, this I mean, is my if cave. anything, he'd be less accepting of her because as soon as he realized that he was related, that he's Kate's cousin or second cousin once removed, whatever that, how, however that relation is, they're cousins, I feel like he'd almost be a little more forgiving than yeah. he would be with this pretender or with this bat fake, as you put it earlier. Mm hmm. Hey, that, that was Mark Campbell's words. I ain't mine. But I still want Tim Drake. <laughs> I, I wouldn't mind Tim at some point. I just, I, I really, I would rather see Damien first, but I like the character of Damien. He's like a little Klingon. 
I just well, like them. That's one way to put it. A little Klingon. What a... I don't think you mean the Star Trek character there. Oh, yeah. No, I do. <laughs> that kind of Klingon? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Like, he's just Fair like... Enough. He was trained by assassins. He acts a certain way. But he's also kind of a joke and a little bit of a prick. Like, he's just... No, he's definitely a prick. Yeah. But you know what? I, w- I will give you this. I will give you this. He's a lot of fun in Super Sons. Yes. And we are getting some Super Sons with Superman and Lois. Mm-hmm. And so, and one of those kids is going to be named John. That's so, right. I, I I will give you this. I would be okay with Damien. I, I I got nothing against Damien. He's just no Tim Drake. But he I doesn't I have mean, to be. He's his own guy. I, I mean, that's fine. And it's just I would prefer Tim Drake first. Mm-hmm. We've already got a really cool Dick Grayson and Jason Todd over there in DC Universe. That's right. Let's have a Tim Drake, and then we can have Damien after that. Short uh, Tim Drake has gotten short shrift in the live action now. Like it was, it's time. Hell, even in animation, a lot uh, in the uh, in in Batman animated series, they just they get, called him Tim Drake, but he was Jason Todd. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. But at least they called him Tim Drake, and that I appreciated. But that I mean, they did that with Kyle Rayner. I mean, that Green Lantern was that wasn't Kyle Rayner. <laughs> it was yeah. Hal Jordan, but he's an artist. <laughs> yeah, that was weird. That was always weird to me. He's like, you're not Kyle. <laughs> but they but they use the right name. So, I don't know. At this point, it's wide open what they could do. I, I feel bad for if some of the other cast members, regular cast members, get cut as a result of this. I feel bad for them. I don't want them to. I think, that's, I think they are the strength of what they could do with that show. Like, bringing th- like their viewpoint in and having them deal with the fact that Kate is no longer with us in whatever capacity they choose to make her not with us. Um, <laughs> I, I think that's going to be how we, how we uh, sally forth in this series. By the way, on the, on the Superwoman, so Superwoman, Supergirl review, uh, we, Jason and I talked briefly about it, and uh, Jason was saying he would love it if Ruby Rose came back for just like a minute, just to be like, hey, I hurt my knee. Do you have like a, like a knee brace or anything that could help that out? And Luke, or Lucas was like, no. That's ridiculous. <laughs> okay. Well, I can't be Batwoman anymore then. <laughs> just Well, all right. <laughs> I mean, I would, I would laugh. I would laugh. I'll give you that. <laughs> yep. I would laugh. <laughs> I, I can't deny it. Good call, Jason. <laughs> anyway. Um, we didn't talk about Dugray. You have any thoughts on Dugray? Mm, I mean, what do you mean, like, specifically, or... I mean, anything about Jacob Kane? Anything about his... his I mean, uh, I, I, I liked him. I anything. thought he was a good character. Um, I kind of more than once thought, God, if you two would... If you would just... Everybody else knows you're Batwoman. If you would just tell him, all these problems would go away. Um, yep. I, I thought the betrayal that he did in the finale was super, super interesting. And, like, that final like face off that they had on that football field. And I definitely wanted to see uh, the hunt for Batwoman. Yeah, that was solid. And that was really cool. But I mean, at this point he's not going to care if he gets Batwoman. I mean, he'll care because he'll say I got Batwoman and they'll be like, Oh, but it wasn't the Batwoman you were chasing. And he's not going to believe anybody. Mm hmm. Yeah. I don't know, man. Yeah. As soon as I saw this news, I was just like, man, this is going to tinge any kind of review we have. Yeah, and I, I'm almost, 
sorry for that. <laughs> I am sorry for that because it really is a season that I liked and it is so tainted by all of this. It's like if we had recorded this two weeks ago, it would be drastically different. Mm-hmm. Drastically different. Super positive. Super hyped up for what's coming. And then Lucy with the football happens and here we are. Yeah. Like I've seriously walked into my office a few times and looked at my Batwoman action figure I've got here on the shelf and went, oh. <laughs> I... I've, Three or four times. I've eyed a Batwoman Funko Pop more than once, and I hadn't pulled the trigger yet. Now I'm like, aww, <laughs> because it's definitely the CW Batwoman. <laughs> yeah, it just kind of... I'm like, well, now I'll wait and see who the next one is. Right? <sighs> weird, weird times, man. Definitely. God, I don't know. That's all right. We're good. We, yeah. I, I mean, we've covered it. We've I liked. I, th- I mean, we both like the season, but we're obviously both feeling very tainted by this news. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, There's at a- this point, it, we'd be best served by trying to put ourselves in the mind of it's a brand new show. Yeah, a lot of a lot of tainted CW news <laughs> this week. The last couple weeks. Yeah, they uh, can't catch a break lately. Yeah, I beg you, Flash Riders, just keep Sue. Just keep Sue. I mean, I liked her, but without Ralph. I don't know. I mean, I don't. I don't know. I genuinely don't know what she adds to it without being Sue Did Me. Like without, yeah. So, I mean, her character in the comics, to my knowledge, has one big story arc. Yeah. You know, and that's not exactly putting her with the best foot forward. So. Yeah. No, they should just you know continue spitting in the face of that comic then you know identity crisis and just be like oh no ralph can go away and she's still awesome like they went away to do a thing together and then they come back or she comes back and and magically has the powers the stretchy powers no 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 (laughs) just say you know ralph didn't ralph didn't make it something happened with ralph she has to be the one to like tell the team or something or they could just recast him can't he shapeshift like properly now yeah of course um, yeah, maybe he's wanted or something. Like we just do all the face changes, all the face changes. Just I mean, they they could introduce a new character to give those powers to. He or could, or if they really wanted someone, they could bring in plastic Plastic Man. But I mean, he is a super easy character to recast because yes, he can just shape change. I'm tired of looking like that guy. I'm gonna look like this guy now. And one line of dialogue, and it's done. Yeah, I've been working on my abilities. I mean, we know that he like elongated his belly away. Yeah, he. I mean, he totally can do it. He absolutely can do it. Yeah, I think they're just going to recast. I I would put my, my money down on them just writing him out, like not doing anything with him. Mm-hmm. But I, I can't rule out the possibility of a recast. See, yeah, the only the only reason I just I just don't want to get rid of... I don't want to get rid of Sue. I really like what that actress is doing. I like that character. Sure, sure. Anyway. All right, I guess we should wrap it. Yeah, let's call it. Thank you guys so much for listening to DC on screen. (laughs) (laughs) This was a weird one. Sorry, Jason. I'll be back soon. (laughs) We'll see how much of this winds up in the final cut. (laughs) We're looking at two hours right now, guys. So wouldn't wouldn't blame you at all for some uh, producer decisions on that one. Yeah, there might be some Patreon stuff going on (laughs) later. There you go. I always promise that, and it never happens. That's because I'm busy and just don't ever get to it. I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's my failing. It's coming. I swear. 
<laughs> Alright. Um, DCOnScreen.com for, for all the things. And uh, until next time, which is the 600th episode. And uh, if everything goes as planned, there will be many, many guests on the show. So uh, until then, keep some DC on your screen. Our intro music is by Jason Goss and Michael Shackelford. Michael's band, Galactic Engineers of Magnetic Sounds, or GEMS, can be found on SoundCloud and Bandcamp. Visit DCOnScreen.com to find our Patreon, merch, contact information, and every episode of the show for free, including crossovers we've done with other podcasts. DC Onscreen is a maladjusted production. For more from me and Jason, including sketch comedy, vlogs, parodies, and our improvised web series Hey Guy, visit maladjusted.tv. Discount Tire is bringing the madness this March. With online-only savings up to $110, it's time to love March even more. Discount Tire. Let's get you taken care of. Me, 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 but also you. <laughs> the Pharaoh fast-forwards his favorite foreign film. Powder donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. Oh, man. That's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry. I'm going to need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus. The Bulbous Walrus. The Name Your Price tool. Only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose Coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Spring forward at Banana Republic Factory with 50 to 70% off everything. Shop season favorites from colorful dresses to easy tops from $19.99. Find your nearest store or shop online only at Banana Republic Factory. Enjoy 50 to 70% off almost everything at Gap Factory and GapFactory.com. Shop tees from $6.99 and joggers from $24.99. Plus extra 15% off online. Exclusions apply. Shop the sale through April 6th. Look around you. That car you're driving. That house your family lives in. Making your daughter laugh. Inspiring her to dream. You did that. Teaching your son to drive. Teaching him he can be anything. All you. And your dreams for tomorrow. You'll do that too. Legacies don't just happen, they are made by you. The important word being you. American Family Insurance, protecting your dreams as you achieve them. Insure carefully, dream fearlessly. Products not available in every state. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.